Boo. Welcome aboard. Did that frighten you? Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about the science of being frightened and playing right into full impact mindfulness, fully impacting your life. And not much is more satisfying or fully impacting a life than forming a strong, lasting memory by being frightened. And today we're joined by our good friend, Katie Dudas. Katie, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Jim. I'm Katie. I'm the Director of Sales and Marketing at the Scare House, which is over in Aetna, right off of 28. I've been with them for, my gosh, I think seven years now. I started out as a zombie actor. You started out as a zombie <laughs> actor. So tell us a little bit about the Scare House. Could you give us a little bit of the history behind it? Uh, Scare House is actually located in a 101-year-old building. It used to be a, it was essentially like the recreation center for a mill. Uh, then it spent some time being a bank and then in Elks Club for a while, which is a lot of mystery surrounding that. And then Scare House took it over. We do primarily during season, like September, October, a little bit of November, and then we do some off-season events. We like to do like behind-the-scenes tours and show off our, our work, and then we do some fun paranormal investigations, so if you want to come hunt for ghosties. Oh, you can hunt for ghosts? Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds cool. We'll have to explore that a little bit during this podcast. Uh, so the idea behind having a house where you go to to be <laughs> frightened Tell me about that concept. It's something that people, I, I do, I, I do the so, a lot of the social media for the scare house. And one of the things that I will see comment wise are, I don't understand why people pay for this. I don't understand why you want to do this. I don't understand what the appeal is. And everybody is different, obviously. Not everybody may see the appeal of being scared. But one of the fun things is being scared. It's an emotion that you don't normally feel, or at least you don't normally want to feel like on your daily, you do not want to live in fear, but it's kind of fun exploring those other emotions that you might not fear, feel constantly in a controlled, safe environment. So you're able to have those reactions. Sure. So we're in a controlled, safe environment and we're actually having a release of adrenaline, mm -hmm. endorphins, which are, which is adrenaline and uh, dopamine. So we're getting all of these thrills and being in a safe environment. Yeah, and it's it's a way to do that and feel comfortably doing that and kind of feel, you know, it's, it's a little fun adventure too, I think. So you were talking earlier about you starting out as a zombie. Yes. So Americans and the world, all the world over seems to have a macabre fascination with death. Hence the zombies, hence the vampires, hence the Frankenstein monster <laughs> being made out of dead people's parts. Could you, do you understand that at all? Well, I think people are just always wondering, like, what happens next? What happens after we're no longer living and, and after we die? What what becomes of our bodies? What becomes of our, whether or not you believe in a soul? What happens to our souls and our, our feelings and emotions? And I think that's also why there's a lot of interest in ghost hunting, because people want to know what's that next step. And it's that sense of excitement, mm -hmm. that sense of that adrenaline rush of coming and do that. However, there's a lot of scare houses and actually a as you well know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Mm -hmm. Halloween, I think a few years ago, the figure that I saw was $6.9 billion being spent on related paraphernalia. Yeah, it's very interesting to see the Halloween itself grow to this massive thing it's become over the last few years because it was just kind of, I don't want to say a fringe holiday, but it was something mostly for the kids. And, and now I think because a lot of people are waiting till they're older to have kids or they're just kind of a very much looking experience-based versus other other things like looking for that next fun experience that they're diving back into Halloween because it's, it's an excuse to you know dress up, eat candy go have some fun. And there's not the pressure that you see in other holidays, like at 
Christmas or Thanksgiving, you're thinking, oh my gosh, maybe I have to see my family. I have to see people I haven't seen in a while. But Halloween, you go and it's just a fun day where you get to pick which, what you do, kind of. So we get to take a time out from the mundane. Yes. And you get to be somebody you're not usually. Hence the wearing the masks. Mm-hmm. We can project and be someone without being, we can portray a nasty person without actually being nasty. Exactly. <laughs> so if you if you had a mask that you would like to wear, Katie, what would it be? Oh my gosh. If I had a mask, I am very much, I, I spent some time when I was acting, I was a zombie and I was also this very tall doll character that carried a shotgun. And I love the dichotomy of being a giant doll in a dress, but at the same time carrying this very intimidating shotgun. <laughs> so when we talk about the science of fear, quite often on Fishing Without Bait and Full Impact Mindfulness, what we talk about is memories being formed and encoded into your brain by strong emotional reactions. And I would suspect that many people leave the scare house with those memories quite intact. Oh, yeah, because it's such a sensory thing. When you come into, especially the scare house, the way we, what we do is we try to get all of your senses at once. It's not just what you're seeing, it's what you're hearing, it's what you're smelling. So you're, you're engaging all these senses, so you're making even a stronger memory. So what you're telling us is that people coming into the scare house are not bored. No, <laughs> at least that's the goal. <laughs> and one of our challenges that we put out to everyone each week is to pay attention on purpose and to participate in life. And we recently had a guest, uh, Joanna Lowe, who talked about living intentionally. So talk about the actors. Talk about setting up the scenes and the scenarios in the scare house. Well, in the scare house, there's essentially three different haunts. And then the actors are given a specific character that they're playing each night. Sometimes they change. Sometimes they stay the same based upon the character that they're playing. And one of the things the actors most likely most time need help with is like, who am I? And a lot of these actors develop these characters. You know, what's their favorite color? What's their food? Like you could ask them these very specific questions about their character because they've created this character so much in their head that they want to become this character every night. And quite often what we talk about here on Fishing Without Bait is asking people to create themselves, not necessarily to find themselves, but to create themselves. And what this sounds like is a tremendous creative outlet for these actors. Yeah, a lot of our actors have very normal nine to five jobs. They work in IT, they're accountants, they're psychiatrists, psychologists, and this is their kind of release. This sounds a whole lot like fun to me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's a blast. I had no interest in acting. And once I tried it, I, I had to keep doing it. And how did you find out about this? How did you incorporate yourself into this world and say, hey, I like this? My only experience before was um, when I was in high school, I was part of a haunted hayride at my high school. And my job, we had this big plastic bat. I pulled a rope, the bat let the bat go, and I screamed at the top of my lungs. That was my experience. So when I came into Scarehouse, it was just a chance meeting with one of the owners, Scott Simmons at Anthrocon of all places and we had mutual friends and they said that they had a zombie haunt and they were shooting a video and if I wanted to try being a zombie and I said sure why not who doesn't want to be a zombie and then I enjoyed the the video so much that I auditioned in the fall and that was terrifying to me because I've never auditioned for something before Mm. so you're talking a bit a little bit about having fear yourself Mm -hmm. so talk to us a little bit about conquering fear in your life Miss Katie oh gosh uh I (laughs) I, I am one of those people. Well, one of my biggest phobias is is heights, which is amazingly enough. Whenever if you meet me, I'm about six foot one. So I get a lot of questions about how are you afraid of heights? And then I have to tell people my head is already so far from the ground. 
which it doesn't normally impact my daily life, except if I'm working or helping the build team with things and painting on a ladder. Cause I can only, I have a two step rule with ladder, a two step rule. <laughs> you only go up two steps. Yeah. Okay. Well, quite often what we deal with fear here and we have one of our favorite, uh, authors, uh, we quote from him often, George Adair, who states that everything that we want, all happiness is on the other side of fear. So talk about conquering some of the fears, much like some of the people who go through the scare house conquer some of theirs. Oh, for, for me personally, conquering yes. the fears? Uh, for me, um, it's, I, I'm, I appear a very social human being. I, I do a lot on social media. You'll see me on Facebook Live and posting things. But I, I am very nervous, especially when I meet new people. And I will talk an awful lot. And then I realize that I'm talking an awful lot. And then I really get into my head. I just had a, this is, I had a presentation at the Carnegie Science Center on Friday the 13th about paranormal investigations. And I had no idea what the audience was expecting. And I started talking and then I had stares. So then I started talking some more and then my head switched into that. Oh my gosh, what are we doing? And, you know, by the end, I'm like, I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> so at times we often, we talk out of our anxiety. Yes. Indeed, indeed we do. So the paranormal, say a little bit more about your interest in the paranormal. It's funny because I didn't, I kind of had an interest before, but then my mom was really, she's into these ghost hunting shows on TV and I'd watched a couple of them I'm like, this is pretty neat. And then as I got worked further with Scarehouse uh, after a few years, I, I did, I found out about being haunted and the stories the actors would tell and the, uh, the rest of the staff would tell. And I was like, Oh, I really want to know what it is. So we started doing these paranormal investigations at the haunt and I've gone to other places too. Like there's a great place in Newcastle called Hillview Manor, which is, was an old asylum and house that you I've investigated at and I've spent okay. some time investigating in Gettysburg too. Mm. So tell us about some of your experiences if you would. Oh gosh. It's fascinating. Um, oh. So uh, one of my favorite experiences from Hillview Manor, something that uh, paranormal investigators will do, they will take a mag metal flashlight and you'll kind of unscrew it a little bit and the idea is the ghost will use its energy, mm. the spirit will use its energy to turn the flashlight on and off and you're able to receive intelligent responses. Mm. So you would set up a flashlight away from you so you no one's touching it, look, no one's doing anything with it and the idea is you would say, okay, turn the light on once for yes and twice for no or maybe if it just, you know, turn on once just to get a response, depending, because I've seen it done different ways. And um, one of the times we've done this, we were at Hillview Manor and we had the flashlight set up in this kind of all purpose room. And I was on the investigation with my mom and a few friends. And we, we kind of were asking questions. There was someone leading it and they said, hey, um, essentially, do you know anybody in here? And it lit up once, which was that was the first time I'd ever seen that. And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And mm. I got chills. So let's stop there just yeah. for a moment. Tell us what was going through your body. This is the first time you've ever experienced something like this. Physically, I had chills. And I just, like, you just kind of felt like something around you. And it was really a neat feeling because you're, you're in total darkness when you're doing this. And, of course, your imagination's running wild. And you're trying to, like, Okay, we're just going to focus on what we're focusing on and what's in front of us and what we're feeling. And that was... So you were paying attention on purpose. So how did you deal with the fear? I was like, I'm in a, I tried to convince myself that I'm around people that I know, that I will be safe. They've done this before. And anything that they've happened will happen, they've probably experienced themselves. So you were talking to yourself like you would talk to a friend and you were checking the facts. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. And <laughs> considering that was the first time you'd ever encountered something uh, extraordinary, uh, mm -hmm. that's remarkable. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
So tell us a little bit more about your experience there. Uh, so yes, we did one of those and it was funny because as the conversation went on, we were getting intelligent answers and it kind of really lit up brightly when we talked to my mom. They're like, do you know anybody in here? And it turned on yes, that it knew somebody. And then it was it kind of the way the questions were going, it was, it, it insinuated, it, at least we were insinuating that they, it knew my mom, whatever was speaking to us. And my mom had done her residency, her nursing residency at Hillview Manor. Mm. So it was all kind of coming together in this weird way that it was like, this could really be somebody because she had a patient that was a little too friendly, like a little bit too friendly with her. And it was like, whoa, what if this is this patient? What if this is somebody else? You know, it was just, it was really whether or not, you know, because you can't really confirm something like that, but it was like, wow, we walked away like that was amazing. So what we talk about on Fishing Without Bait often is the ability to have a beginner's mind, which accepts possibilities rather than closing your mind with certainties. And we talk about having a mind of awareness rather than a mind of fear. Mm -hmm. A mind of uncertainty is a mind of fear and a mind of anxiety. So I would suspect that when before you went on this particular expedition of yours, that you perhaps did some research and were schooled in what to expect. That was, admittedly, that was the first time I've ever seen something like that to that that point. I've seen things on television shows and of course they kind of romanticize the whole it's what i call sexy ghost hunting where you're like look at all the evidence constantly you know within two hours we had all of this stuff and meanwhile when you do a paranormal investigation you could go for four five six you know how many hours and get nothing and they just so you walked in there with an open mind yes what would we call a beginner's mind Mm -hmm. and this is the what you're talking about is the essence of fishing without bait it's walking through life without definitive expectations. So the idea was you were with friends. You were on kind of an exciting little <laughs> bit of adrenaline rush yourself mm-hmm. uh, getting into these things. However, if you had expectations that were not fulfilled, then that trip would have been, in some people's eyes, a failure. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how many people have that either yes or no there's no in between like oh you know what I, I learned something or i took something away from it it's either this absolutely happened or nothing happened and i'm miserable please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast if you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait click the shop icon on our website We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.